0: I'm not sure which one. I must be the middle pastor. <laughs> the medium. I'm the, the big fat one, yeah, or whatever, something. The big large one. Praise the Lord. It's always about weight, isn't it? Oh, well. Uh, in your bulletin, you're going to find two pieces of paper that are extremely important. The one says, awesome declaration, and I'll, uh, we'll get to that later. The other one is a sheet of paper that says, it's enough. And I do not want you to write on that. Do not turn it into an airplane. Do not bother it in any way until I ask you to do something with that. And I need to go grab something while we're uh, while you're getting ready. Turn to Genesis chapter 3. If this sermon doesn't work out, I'm going to tear it up and throw it in the wastebasket, so we'll see. Um, Actually, I'm sorry, it's Genesis 6. Turn to Genesis chapter 6, and we'll be there in just a moment. I've got to read this little story to you, though, to start with. It's called the Answer Back Church. In the South, there are many churches known as Answer Back Churches. When the preacher says something, the congregation naturally replies. One Sunday, a preacher was speaking on what it would take for the church to become better. He said, if this church is to become better, it must take up its bed and walk. The congregation said, let it walk, preacher, let it walk. Encouraged by the response, he went further. If this church is going to become better, it will have to throw aside its hindrances and run. The congregation replied, let it run, pastor, let it run. Now really into his message, he spoke stronger. If this church really wants to become great, it will have to take up its wings and fly. Let it fly, preacher, let it fly. The congregation shouted. The preacher gets even louder. If this church is going to fly, it's going to cost money. The congregation replied, Let it walk, preacher, let it walk. (laughs) I'm sorry. (sighs) You laugh because that's what you would have said. Let it walk. If it's going to take money to fly, let her walk. Let her walk. Many, many years ago, the Lord drew my attention to this passage in Genesis. And um, I, was, I was intrigued by it because it, it gives me a, a picture, a, a very interesting picture of God. In Genesis chapter 6, verse 3, it says this. Then the Lord said... My spirit will not contend or always strive with man forever, for he is mortal, his days will be 120 years. Now obviously there were a lot of people that lived longer than that, and today people live less than that, but there's a limit, there seems to be a limit that God places on certain things. And uh, if you're taking notes, I encourage you to write across the top of your sermon notes when God says... It's enough. It's enough. There is a place in God. There's a time in God. There's historically, and I'm going to share a couple of examples. I'm going to give you five examples today and one challenge about this concept of enough. Enough. Staples has their easy button. I believe that each of us as individuals have an enough button of you ever had your enough button pushed? There's a little word on that button, and it's it. It's it. And if somebody hits it, somebody pushes your enough button, here's what's going to come out of your mouth. Now you've done it. You really did it this time. Boy, you did it now. That's it. Now you're going to get it. See, that's always been confusing to me as a child. I did it. I'm going to be in trouble for it. And now I'm going to get it. I thought I already had it. But now I'm going to get it. And then all of you know what it means in certain cases. It's over now. Boy, are you going to get it. You are in for it. I can't believe you did it again. I can't take it anymore. That's the woman's phrase. It's over. That settles it. Now here's the men's phrase. Why don't you just get over it? (laughs) And then somewhere along the line, you hear, it is finished. Um, Those are Jesus' famous words. We're going to get to those in a minute. But when God says it's enough, the Spirit of God will not always strive. The first example I want to share with you is in Genesis chapter 6. It should still be there. But I think of the story of Noah, this example of Noah, the time of the great flood. In Genesis chapter 6, verse 11, just a couple of verses here, it says, Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I'm surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So make yourself an ark. And then the work began. But notice here, God said, God got to a place where he said, it's enough. Noah, I've had it. I'm done. It's enough. I'm going to wipe out the earth. To bring God to that place, a God that we see as long-suffering and compassionate and caring and so on, but that he was driven to this point where he said, it's enough. And how many of you would think with me and begin to agree with me that we seem to be getting close to that place again? It would seem that the imagination of man left to his own devices is evil continuously. There is this constant desire to, to just allow selfishness or lust or whatever to just run rampant. And I'm thinking that God is sitting in heaven and, and getting closer and closer to the moment when he says, It's enough. It's enough. No more. I'm changing the order of the day. I'm changing the way life is lived on planet Earth. And so God sends this tremendous flood and eliminates mankind and animal kind, other than those that made it into the ark. And God just said, it's enough. And then the, the earth was repopulated through Noah and so on, and life went on. And then we come to another situation in Genesis chapter 18. And God says, again, angels are sent to Abraham and some would say it was very possibly the pre-incarnate Jesus that may have been there as well. But these two men have come to Abraham. And they begin to explain to him what's going to happen now to Sodom and Gomorrah. God has said, it's enough. I've seen enough. I don't, why can't, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to destroy these two cities. And so you need to get your family out of there, Abraham. His nephew Lot was there, family members. And so Abraham had the project of now making sure that Lot got out of there. The angels ultimately go to Lot and they rescue him. But before that, Abraham has a conversation with God that is fascinating to me. Abraham is in conversation with God and he says, Now, God, what if there are 50 righteous people in these two cities? If if they're combined, there's 50 righteous. Would that be enough to save the city? And God said, Sure. If you can find 50 righteous people, I'll save it. Then Abraham said, Well, what about 45? Oh, yeah, 45, sure. Yes, I'll save it for 45. And then Abraham said, well, uh, my God, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to get in trouble here, but how about 40? Would 40 be enough? Yes, Abraham, 40 would be enough. I'd save it for 40. All right, God, now I know I'm, I'm pushing the envelope here. God, how about 30? 30? Would 30 be enough? Yes, 30 would be enough. Uh, Lord, how about 20? Abraham apparently knew Sodom and Gomorrah. He's figuring, 20, I think I can find 20. And then finally he goes, God, what about 10? 10. There were not 10 righteous people in these two cities. And so the story goes on and God finally says it's enough and fire fell from heaven and wiped out these two cities lot was ordered to leave the two men the story is there the two men come the two angels came they rescued lot they warned him and his wife do not look back whatever you do do not look back but there was something in lot's wife that had to turn around and look and she looked back and her life ended You see, when God says it's enough, he really means it. It's enough. It's enough. And there are so many people in in life, and there are so many situations in life where we, we presume on God's grace. Amen? That is such a dangerous place to live. Because there are so many people that will again today assume that they've got their life in front of them and momentarily it could be gone. My heart was just like, just went out to the, the people that were involved in that horrendous situation in Florida. You're driving down the the interstate, and all of a sudden, your vision is gone, and boom, you end up in the middle of a horrendous crash. Life is gone instantaneously. And how many times does that happen again and again and again? Nine Eleven, the towers. These people were working. It was a regular day. It was a beautiful day in New York. Sun was shining. And all of a sudden, all hell broke loose. And these buildings crushed. You see, we cannot presume on the grace of God. Understand how important it is that you, you come to a place in your own life where you say, you know what, it's enough. I need to trust God completely. It get, the story gets better, though. It's a little more encouraging. Right now, those are kind of negative situations. But I want to take you now to the New Testament. Come with me to the book of Luke. It was a great story related to the crucifixion of Christ. Again, a dark day in some respects, but let me let me tell you about this story. In Luke chapter twenty-three, come to verse thirty-two. It says that two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. And when they came to the place called the Skull, they, there they crucified him along with the criminals. One on his right and the other on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. And the people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. they said, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he is the Christ of God, the chosen one. Since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. And then he said, "Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom." And Jesus answered him, "I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise." The Lord just so just impressed on my heart. I said, "God, what does it take to get saved? How much is enough?" To bring salvation. For this criminal, it was the breathing of a sentence. Think about it. Jesus, remember me. This man, hanging on a cross, waiting to die, says to Christ, remember me. I acknowledge you as the Son of God. I acknowledge you as the Savior of the world. I acknowledge the fact that you are the Christ The King of kings and the Lord of lords, remember me. In that moment, it was enough. That was enough. And I thought about this. I said, wait a minute, Lord. This man was never baptized in water. This man never went to church. He was never in a Bible study. He never went on a men's rafting trip. If that doesn't get you into heaven, nothing will. He never helped set the gym up for a spa night for the ladies. I know I'm going to get sucked into that one. He never gave an offering. He never listened to a missionary speech. He, never, he, he didn't do squat for the kingdom, and yet he's going to heaven. Gee, well, God, what's going on here? Listen, my dear brothers and sisters, you can't do enough to please God, to get yourself into heaven. You can't. You could give a million, you could give multiplied millions of dollars and it wouldn't be enough. You could do a million good deeds and it wouldn't be enough. You come to church every time the doors are open and sit here all day long, even when it's closed. It wouldn't be enough. Until you breathe the words, Jesus, remember me. Jesus, I acknowledge you that you alone are enough. You alone are enough for me to see eternal life. This criminal entered into paradise that day because he said enough. He said just enough. And then I want you to come with me now to heaven. As Jesus breathed his last, gave up his spirit, and then he said, "It is finished." I believe that God himself thundered through heaven. It's enough. It's enough. My son has paid the price. The blood has been shed, the atonement is set. I can now open my arms to the world. And if they'll accept his death on the cross, I will accept them as my children forever. When God says it's enough, he said, It's enough. It's enough. All you have to do is accept Christ. And then I want, then the Lord just laid something on my heart on Friday morning with the men. And uh, it was absolutely just so eye-opening. It was like God said, "Stop trying to please me and start honoring me." Think about it. You see, a C student will please the student, will please the teacher. You know, they passed, they got through it. A D student, you know they made it through, they did OK. You know it was the old, "Oh, it's, it's good enough to get by. My dad had a saying. (laughs) Incredible. Well, it's good enough for who it's for. Now, that could be positive or negative. I mean, that could go either way. (laughs) But it's not about pleasing God. You might think, well, you know, I came to church, I sat, I endured, Pastor Fred. I pleased God. I have pleased the Lord. We're good. Does that honor God? Honor requires action. Action. Honor requires an activity. It, it, it requires an expenditure of energy and time and money. It requires us to go above and beyond the normal. I don't want to just please God. I want to honor him. Our soldiers that fight around the world, they're not there just to please the president or please their generals. They are there to honor their country. And they do it, in many cases, by laying down their lives. And we honor them when they come back. You know, it, you know they, don't, they don't bring their bodies back, and there's two people standing there in the airport going, well, oh, that was nice. It was so nice of them to die for our country. How nice. That's not, no, absolutely not. And as we stand before God someday, before Christ as he, as he greets us into heaven, I want to hear those words, Well done! You were a good and faithful servant. You know, it's not about Jesus welcoming us back, going, You were nice. Come on in. I was pleased. Come in. No. I want to begin to give myself to this thing. I want God to be honored. I want God to rise up and say, That's my son. He said it when Jesus was baptized, remember? The heavens opened and God said, This is my son in whom I am well pleased because he honored him. Jesus spent his life honoring the Father. He honored him by every step that he took, by every person he healed, by every place he went, by every word that he said, and ultimately by the death on the cross. For him to say, Father, forgive them, they don't realize what they're doing. That honored the Father. And then to say, it is finished. He finished the work. When he said, it is finished, that it resounded through heaven because the plan of salvation had now been established. And it was solid. The work was done, the blood was shed. And that it, as it resounded through hell, brought fear and in trembling into the lives of these demons. Because they realized that that moment, the prophecy of Genesis had just come true. Satan would bruise his heel, but he would crush the head of Satan. He would crush his head by a simple phrase. It is finished. And God said, it's enough. Salvation has been bought. It's ready. To, let's move forward. The army can now be assembled. And I, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm getting pumped on this army thing. Um, I believe God wants us to be warriors. Men, it's time we rise up. Women, it's time to kick your husband and say, come on, be a warrior. Not a weenie. Be a warrior for Jesus. Begin to take some territory. Don't thank you. (laughs) The tiniest woman in the church just rose up. (laughs) This is a this is a war. We're in a war. Three days later, God echoes through heaven once again. It's enough. Come on out, son. Rise. Get that rock out of the way. And Jesus stepped out of that tomb and said, i got places to go, people to see, and things to do. I'm done being dead. <laughs> I love it. I'm done being dead. i got things to do, a place to go, and people to see. I, yeah, exactly. Women showed up, and he says, hey, Mary, go tell my disciples. I don't know where they're hiding, but go find them. Tell them what's going on here. To rise up. Are you ready to let the Holy Spirit touch your life so that you could step out of your tomb and go, I'm done being dead. That's going to be a sermon someday. I'm done being dead. Lazarus said it. Okay, Lord, if you say, I'm done being dead. And out he comes. You see, we have, to, we have to understand the power of the resurrection of Christ. Luke chapter 24 is a, an account of that. and I won't take the time to read that. But Jesus steps out of the grave and now gets, goes on a hunt to reestablish the warrior nature in the lives of his disciples. And on the day of Pentecost, they are empowered... With the Holy Spirit. To be able to now face death, destruction, fear, every, everything imaginable. Jesus then touches the, the Apostle Paul, knocks him down and says, I got work for you to do. Three days later he receives his sight back and now begins a march into the enemy camp that changed history. Amen? He began a march into the enemy camp that transformed the lives of the average person. And we are the benefit of that. If you're saved, it's because Paul had the courage and the, and the tenacity to walk into horrible situations, to be beaten, to be misunderstood. He either caused a riot or a revival everywhere he went. That's just Paul. But he transformed his world. And because he did that, we have been transformed. If you've accepted Christ, when God says it's enough. The resurrection of Christ. Now, Thessalonians chapter 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. When God says it's enough. Again, the Apostle Paul writes this letter to the Thessalonians as an encouragement to them. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. You know, Paul says we are to encourage each other. In, to encourage someone means to lift them up and give them a sense of hope. I've been in this thing for, oh my goodness, 50 years. Pastor Merrill's been saved for 150 years. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. It's got to be at 70, right? 70 years at least. Okay, so between Pastor Merrill and I, it's 120 years of salvation. We should be sainted. We should be saints. Should be St. Maryland, St. Fred's Church or something, I don't know. But you see, there is this level of commitment, there is this level of understanding that if you realize that we are the winners in this ultimate war, that you can now encourage one another. And I've, I've heard and I've listened to all kinds of stuff over the years. we got to get ready for the tribulation. Why? You, gotta, you, know, you better have some guns and you better have ammunition. You better have food. You better have stuff ready. Because it's coming. Now that's not encouraging to me. You better get ready, Brother Fred. Your head's going to get blown off. Thank you. See, that's a message of fear. No, Paul says, there's going to be a shout, there's going to be a trumpet sh- call, and then we're going to get lifted out of here. It's going to be the greatest airlift ever. We are leaving to be with him forever. That's encouraging to me. Amen? We, let's, let's believe this stuff. Let's realize that this is not all there is. We're simply getting ready to be taken out of here. And God, I believe, is positioning Himself. I think He has Gabriel. Gabriel has already shined the trumpet, Gabriel has it ready to go. It's been oiled and it's ready to move. Amen. And God, in any moment, could say, Gabriel, it's enough. Blow that thing! Ta-da! And we're gone! I don't hear enough of that encouragement. You know, it's like, oh God, help me make it through another day. (laughs) I mean... had this amazing picture. The sergeant gets his men together. They're about to go out on maneuvers, and they all stand. they all are standing at attention. All right, men, we're going out to take this. We got to take this hill. The enemy will be out there. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna take it. We can do this. We got, we're, we're, we got every, we got air support. We're ready to go. Do we have to? <laughs> I want to stay home. Can I just stay here and guard the tent? Uh, I don't even want to imagine what would happen to that soldier. See, God is wanting us to rise up. There's people out there that need us. They need you to tell them, you know what, it's enough. You need to, you know, your life, it's enough. You need Christ to transform your life. You need Jesus. Turn to Revelation see let me give you a snapshot of what's coming chapter 19 verse 11 I saw heaven standing open and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called faithful and true with justice he judges and makes a war his eyes are like blazing fire and on his head are many crowns he has a name written on him that no one but he himself knows he is dressed in a robe dipped in blood and his name is the word of God The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Out of his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh he has this name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Jesus is not coming coming back to earth driving a Volkswagen Beetle with a flower on the dashboard. He's not going to come back, you know. Kind of. Oh, I hope nobody knows I'm here. <laughs> I hope the devil doesn't find out I'm back. That would be awful. No, he's coming with the armies of heaven, on a white horse, just riding in. I'm back. Deal with it. Who's with me? And we will rise up. I don't know. I don't know if Lord of the Rings is appropriate. Film watching, but man, I just wanted to jump out of my seat. Now, one, I think it's towards the last episode. The, uh, the guy in the white robe, and he's riding toward, towards the enemy, and he's coming down out of that hill, and he's followed by all these, this army of, of, of his soldiers on horseback, and they are riding in. And it's like, Yes, I want to do that. I got to find a big horse, but I want to do that. I want to do that. I want to be that person. I want to be the man of God that God wants me to be. I want to rise up and be able to say, enough! Enough! I'm not going to wind my way through life anymore. I'm not going to crawl around like I need to be ashamed of of my Savior. I'm not going to be an undercover witness. I'm not talking about being obnoxious, but I'm talking about causing the devil so much pain and suffering. Because you walk, everywhere you walk, you are the light. And it just absolutely attacks the darkness. And in in humility and power, you begin to honor God. You start honoring God with every check that you write. With every prayer that you pray with every verse of scripture that you read, with every human being that you express a sense of love and encouragement to, you begin to honor God. Stop pleasing God. Honor him. Honor him. May he look down on you and say, that's my daughter. That's my son. I like them. I love them. I'm excited about them. Because we're part of a family that's so much bigger. There's a piece of paper in your bulletin. I want you to take that out now. It says, it's enough. Let me revisit just for a moment. The last time I shared with you, I talked about courage and the uh, prodigal son. I love that verse of scripture in there that says, And he came to his senses. Another translation, and he came to himself. You know what that means in essence? It was enough. He came to a place in his life where he said, you know, this is enough. I've had enough stupidity. I've had enough of being a dishonor to my father. I've had enough of the pig pen. I've had enough of this pathetic life. I am going to rise up now and go home. It's enough. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take a moment and just ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you what it is you need to write on this sheet of paper. Maybe it's a habit that you just want you've had enough of. A relationship that's an, it's over. It's enough. Maybe it's fear, doubt, anxiety, worry. Maybe you've struggled with a, you know, food situation or some other habit of some sort. I don't know, whatever it is. But I want you to think about that, and I want you to write write it down. And uh, while you're doing that, I want to read to you the awesome declaration. I found this years ago, and it continues to challenge me beyond words. I am part of the fellowship of the unashamed. I have the Holy Spirit's power. The die has been cast. I have stepped over the line. The decision has been made. I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. I won't let up, slow up, back away, or be still. My past is redeemed. My present makes sense. My future is secure. I am finished, or it's enough. I'm done with low living, sight walking, mundane talking chintzy, giving, and dwarfed goals. I no longer need preeminence, prosperity, position, promotion, or popularity. I don't have to be right, first, tops. Tops, recognized, praised, regarded, or rewarded. I now live by presence, learn by faith, love by patience, lift by prayer, and labor by power. My pace is set, my walk is fast. My goal is heaven, My road is narrow, my way is rough, my companions are few, my guide is reliable, and my mission is clear. I cannot be bought, compromised, deterred, lured away, turned back, deluded, or delayed. I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice. Hesitate in the presence of adversity, negotiate at the table of the enemy, ponder at the pool of popularity, or meander in the maze of mediocrity. I won't give up, back up, let up, or shut up until I have preached up, prayed up, stored up, and stayed up the cause of Christ." Say that fast five times. I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. I must go until heaven returns. Give until I drop, share until all know, and work until he comes. And when he comes to get his own, he will have no problem recognizing me. My colors will be clear. I'm going to ask Jonathan to come and play that little chorus again, I Surrender All as he does that I want you to take that piece of paper and tear it into a thousand pieces and then bring it up here and join the Saturday night crowd that already did this and throw it away it's enough it's enough it's done throw it away I want you to just come up here whenever you're ready during the time of this course, anytime. I want to assure you, I did not have you put your name on there. We're not going to tape all these back together to see what it is that you're really struggling with. I don't care. God has just put it under the blood because you have said it's enough. It's enough. I'm believing that there are going to be praise reports next week of people that have been set free set free set free because God says it's enough and you agree with God and there is power in agreement come as we sing
1: all to Jesus I surrender all. three In all to Jesus, I surrender humbly at His feet. I bow worldly pleasures all forsaken. Take me, Jesus, take me now. Cause I surrender all, yes I surrender all, and all to thee my blessed Savior, I surrender, sing it again again, I surrender all. yes, I surrender because all. all to Thee my blessed Savior, I surrender. All.
0: As you were coming, Sally Summers came up and she was so impressed by the Holy Spirit that there's someone this morning, uh, you have a, an issue with your right knee and God wants to heal that. And also someone with a heart valve problem and God's going to heal that as well. So, uh, okay, God, you have our permission to go ahead and do that. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, obviously you don't need our permission to do anything, but Father, we just now exercise our faith and we receive your word as healing for this individual, Lord, whose knee has been bothering them. In Jesus' name, be healed. And Father, we pray for this heart valve situation. Father, in Jesus' name, they are healed. For Father, healing honors you above many other things lord salvation is ultimate but healing physical miraculous healing honors your name for father it's not you know it's not about tylenol it's about the spirit of christ it's about you father it's about you touching your children and bringing health and strength into their lives and so father today for those lord that have struggled and struggling with things physically lord today it's enough god say It's enough. Be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just believe that virtue is flowing through this place. And healing, healing is coming. Lord, thank you that you are touching everyone in this place. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. For Father, you need a healthy army. You need men and women that are strong, physically and spiritually. And so, Father, in your strength, we again appropriate the armor of the army of God the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, our feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace the shield of faith that will fight off and and deal with every issue the enemy would throw at us and the sword of the spirit which we hold high which is the word of God and Father we are armed for battle and we are ready to follow you Lord wherever you would take us until you call us home and the war is over and we thank you for it in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, hallelujah. Oh my, if you didn't feel the presence of the Lord, your feeler's busted. Oh my goodness. Wow. I'm going to ask you to just be seated for a second. I'm going to ask the ushers if they would help us. The first Sunday of each month, we take a moment to minister to those that are struggling financially. And so uh, I'm going to ask you to just simply respond in any way you can, great or small. In this benevolence offering, it's an offering we take for the needs of those that need some help financially. We've been able to help, oh, hundreds of people and bless them and encourage them. So if you could help out, that would be excellent. And again, we thank you for your faithfulness in that area. Ushers, would you come and give us opportunity to worship the Lord as we give of of a love offering to those that need assistance. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the very powerful, powerful presence that we sense in this house. We thank you, God, that you are, you have blessed us so that we could bless others. Fathers, we invest in the lives of our brothers and sisters. We know, Lord, that, that, God, you will then bless it back to us and allow us the opportunity to bless again. And so, Father, thank you. Thank you, God, for the generosity of your people. And we thank you for it in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Again, I just would ask you to uh, remember myself and our team uh, in prayer this coming weekend Friday night and Saturday we're having a lock-in with third through third fourth and fifth graders pray for my sanity I obviously I'm not a well man that I would agree to do this but we've done it now for the last several years and it's just great fun the kids have a great time I have a great time and uh, we play some wonderful great games snakes in the gutter and sock hockey and uh, so please be sure that your children are are fully covered medically before they come and uh, (laughs) we carry no responsibility of any kind no we're gonna take great care of them Uh, we're gonna have pancakes for breakfast and uh, we're gonna have a great devotional thought and uh, just we just have a great time and uh, I'm so thankful that I'm still a kid I'll be 60 in March, and uh, that, I found out last night that that's the new 30. <laughs> Yow. Why does it feel like the new 80? <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, that's coming, and uh, I encourage, ladies, do not miss the ladies' spa night. I'm crushed that I cannot be there, but um, be there where are you going to get your nails done, a massage, makeup tips, hair tips for 10 bucks? Of course there will be some extra expense. No, I'm kidding. It's $10. Buy your ticket. Come out and just have some good fun with your girlfriends. Come on, girlfriend, let's do this. <laughs> ladies, turn ladies, turn to your fr- right now. Turn to a lady near you and go, "Come on, girlfriend, let's do this." All right. Okay, all of those ladies that open their mouth are buying tickets. Every one of them. Let's all stand for the blessing of the Lord as you leave. God bless you. Thanks so much for being here and allowing me to share my heart with you. And uh, this is going to be a great week. Because God thinks it's going to be a great week. So it is. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Love one another. Encourage one another. We'll see you again next week.